Hi, it's Jordan from the Poop Plus Podcast. And just so we can get some legal stuff out of the way, while the Poop Plus Podcast makes a solid effort to be accurate in the topics we discuss, all thoughts and opinions of the hosts and guests are their own and should not be portrayed as actual medical advice. Remember, we are a podcast that talks about poop. And even though there are professionals present, you should never take any of the discussions in this episode as actual medical advice. We are a poop cast for goodness sakes. If you have any concerns about your health, please consult your doctor or other medical professionals for advice. Thank you. Welcome to part two of a two-part episode on digestion. If you were unable to check out the first part of this episode, go back and check it out. Here's a quick recap of what we discussed in part one. The upper GI system, right, is your mouth, esophagus, stomach. So as you chew food, your glands secrete saliva, saliva helps start to break it down. You've got mechanical digestion, chemical digestion. You swallow, food goes through the esophagus, hits our first sphincter, the lower esophageal sphincter, gets into the stomach where we have hydrochloric acid. We have continued breakdown of carbohydrates, breakdown of starting to break down fats and proteins. And as this partially digested food is mixed with all the gastric juices, we now have a product that is called chyme. And chyme goes through the pyloric sphincter to start its journey through the lower GI tract. That was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's all you really need. Just you can cut all the rest of it out. Gone for that first <laughs> that 45 probably, minutes. That was total crap. It. Yeah. It made crap. It was not total crap. Yeah. Well, not I guess it is crap. total crap. It is total crap. This yeah. is well, total. Not total. Crap. It's kind. All kind is time right now. Yeah, that's right. It's kind. We haven't gotten, we haven't made crap yet. Some of the topics we discussed in this part include the lower portion of the human digestive system. Is it pronounced sphincter of ODI or OD? Vitamin K is synthesized where? And we discussed the last time each of us pooped our pants. Ah, memories. Thanks again for listening. Welcome to the Poop Plus Podcast. Episode one, Poop Plus Digestion, part two. You're about to continue our journey into the lower GI tract. Yes. And it all starts in the small intestine. Ooh. And... The small intestine is actually broken down into three parts, the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ileum. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched Family Guy. There's this episode where Peter's like, oh God, my duodenum. Like when he has some, <laughs> every time I hear it, I think of I that. I literally totally, cannot hear duodenum without hearing Peter. I totally remember about. that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. So that um, is your small Did you wonder, Bobby, when you first heard that, were you like, did you I just knew think I, that was stomach or abdomen? I have no idea. I, 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 I think I thought it was funny because it's a funny word, number yeah. one, which obviously, uh, you know, they <laughs> family guy figured that out too. Uh, <laughs> but when you, I, I've seen that a few times and every time I've, it's, it's made me laugh and Bridget just connected the dots for me. A repressed memory of watching Family Guy. Yeah, um, Family Guy. I once had a professor call it the duodenum, but I don't like that. I like duodenum. And actually, Jordan has already referenced the fact that people also call it a duodenum. Again, regional dialect here. It depends on... <laughs> or duodenum. Duodenum. <laughs> yeah, as they say in East Go Texas. get your duodenum checked. <laughs> 
So the duodenum or duodenum is the C-shaped part of the small intestine that attaches to the stomach, right? So it is where the chyme mixes with pancreatic juices, liver and gallbladder enzymes as well. And this is where the bulk of fatty acids, so fat absorption is gonna occur. And it has the sphincter of odi. Do you pronounce that differently? Odi, odi? I always said odi. I say Odi. Odi sounds better, maybe. <laughs> it that sounds like sounds Star Wars. What about Adi? That sounds like we moved right back into Lord of the Rings. The sphincter of Odi. And that's going to control your the bile and the pancreatic enzymes entering into the um, small intestine. So that's our, is that our third sphincter that we've hit? That's our third. So then you've hit the liver, right? So the liver is your largest internal organ. Did you know that? It produces bile, which you need to break down fat. You need the bile to break down the fats in um, the duodenum, but it also processes vitamins and some fats and proteins or synthesizes some proteins as well. So the liver is super important. Is that because of how dense it is? Most people might think that your uh, lungs are your biggest internal organ. I, but, but they're so I'm, hollow, but they're hollow. Maybe that's why the liver is considered from what I understand, the largest internal organ, right? It's probably because they're pretty dense and you have, you know, Lots of lobes in the liver, just like you do in the lungs. And the and the bile um, originally comes from the liver. It's held in the gallbladder. So when someone gets their gallbladder taken out or, or a cholecystectomy, does that change anything, Bridget? Do, you know, as far as like when they get that taken out or does it just go straight from, there's just no holding place for it? There's not so much of a holding place anymore. So it changes things in this so far as you shouldn't eat as many fatty foods once you have your gallbladder removed, because this is where all that fat is absorbed right in the small intestine. And so if you don't have that, it can, it is harder to digest those, um, those fats. And you feel terrible if you eat a lot of fat after having your gallbladder removed, but no, you can function fine without a gallbladder. So the liver kind of starts as the first accessory organ, if you will, uh, to the digestive system. And then we'll also go to, uh, and then the gallbladder, obviously, and then the pancreas, which you already started talking about, where actually both the bile duct um, that, uh, that secretes the bile uh, from the gallbladder or the liver, if you don't have a gallbladder, and the uh, pancreas, we get a lot of things from the pancreas. Amylase digests starch and lipase helps digest fats. And in fact, when we are worried about somebody having pancreatitis, which is an acute inflammation of the pancreas, those are the two that you'll check because if it's really inflamed, those enzymes tend to be higher, right? So you can check it in the blood. And then the bicarbonate, yes, it comes from the pancreas. It's more alkaline than the stomach acid. So it helps kind of make the chyme that is now in the small intestine, less acidic. So it brings that down a little bit, the pH of that down. So it kind of neutralizes that, all the stomach acid that had been mixed with the food there. Pancreas also does insulin and a whole host of other things. But as far as digestion goes, it's, those are the main, those are the main ones. We've gotten all the juices from the pancreas, the liver, the gallbladder, and now we're moving into the jejunum, or do you pronounce that differently? I would say jejunum. Jejunum, Bobby, how would you say it? I'm glad you asked because I say it so regularly. 
um, that you should ask me, a, a high school teacher. Uh, jejunum is what it looks like. That's probably the third time in my life I've ever said that word, just so you know. Well, there you go. So we're continuing to absorb nutrients in the jejunum. This is where your carbs and your amino acids or proteins are broken down, or excuse me, where they are absorbed. Um, and the bulk of the chemical digestion. So remember before we talked about mechanical digestion being from the teeth and chemical digestion being from enzymes and other GI juices, for lack of a better word, that help break down food. So that bulk of that happens in the jejunum, the middle part of your small intestine. So then we go from the jejunum, we move to the ileum, and this is where bile salts and vitamins are absorbed. And this is where undigested food gets sent to the colon through the ileocecal valve. That is our fourth sphincter. Um, and we, if you think of the ileum, right? So the last part of the digestive system. And then you think of the cecum, the ileum dumps out the chyme in the, um, into the cecum, so ileocecal. One of the things that, that, that I was reading, which, which I thought was really interesting, was that for every two liters of food or water, whatever it is that you put in your body, there's actually nine liters that goes through your digestive system, which means that seven liters of secretions that happen from your mouth to your colon. Actually, when you get to your colon, um, your it's more absorption than secretion. Uh, so, so I, I thought that was crazy. I didn't, I never heard that before that there's, it's almost three times the amount of, of fluid internally than you actually externally digest. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And like we talked about before too, just to hit on that, the small intestine, right? That's where the bulk of the nutrient absorption occurs. And it does it because of that huge surface area that we talked about before, right? So the villi and the microvilli, as food is passing by, all these little finger-like projections are able to draw in the nutrients from the food that we've eaten. So it's going over all these folds and folds and folds. And every time it passes over all these little villi and microvilli and then the folds in the small intestine, you just have more opportunity for nutrient absorption. So we're trucking along. We've made it through the ileocecal valve. We're moving via peristalsis, right? And we hit the large intestine. So the cecum, like you referenced before, that's the first part of the large intestine. And that's the receiving pouch for waste. I thought that was kind of a funky definition. Like if you call someone a cecum, like that's a great... <laughs> called you a receiving pouch a receiving pouch for waste in the world today what 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 job would that be what job would just would you could you explain it in two words receiving pouch mall cop <laughs> <laughs> why was i not even thinking that <laughs> no, no good <laughs> Maybe we just go on from here because that's, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking like a, like a carny, like, a, <laughs> like somebody that just sat there and took tokens as a receiving <laughs> pouch. Mine is way too literal. It's the, like the guy that cleans porta potties, maybe. We've been, we've been received by the cecum and now we're moving into the colon, right? So we've the colon. received by the cecum. <laughs> Who receives people? Who's that? Who's that person? Now I'm picturing Dwight announcing the party. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, Jim Halpert. <laughs> Been received. That's yes. it right there. It, he's the Seekum is dressed as a butler <laughs> and is receiving people as they walk through the gate. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. On their journey to the colon. So the colon has a couple different parts. You've got the ascending, the transverse, the descending, and the sigmoid colon. And this is home to all of the intestinal flora that you hear about, right? So that good bacteria, that the probiotics, this is really where you want all that stuff to be, right? So when you're taking, this is a side note, when you're taking probiotic, you have to make sure it's gonna be able to survive the harsh environment of the stomach, the duodenum, the jejunum, the ileum, and can actually make it into the colon to help um, the normal gut flora. Is so that what that's they say what, to do the active? To do yeah, active? that's the highest colony count. I think you have more chance of surviving, right? The more colonies, more colony forming units you have, the more likely they're going to get down there. So thir 13 colonies is not <laughs> Not for some, if, no. if I had to tell a dad joke, that was it. That was... That was my dad joke. The bacteria in the colon is going to break down your undigested carbohydrates and proteins through fermentation. Um, electrolytes and water get absorbed. This is where the bulk of water reabsorption occurs, right? So you pumped all this stuff in, like Jordan alluded to earlier, with all the fluid in our body. And so now we are taking some of that water out because you don't want to have too much water in there. Otherwise, you wind up with diarrhea and that's no good. So your colon is in charge of taking back the water and electrolytes that are in the waste product at this point. Still chyme. I don't know officially when it becomes stool. Maybe that's once it gets to the rectum. But I'm not sure when that changes from being chyme to fecal matter. But my guess is once it gets to the end of the colon, from the colon, we hit the rectum. The rectum is the terminal end of the large intestine. It's where feces so now we're it's now we're at fecal matter is stored until you're ready to defecate so that's the job of the rectum when those walls we get distension of the rectal walls that's going to trigger the reflex for you to poop so it is an important part of the lower gi tract it is the holding tank and then from the rectum you're going to hit the anus internal anal sphincter, external anal sphincter. The internal one is under involuntary control. So you can't control that movement, but the external one is the one that you clench when you got to go, but you can't. You have a prolapsed rectum. Do you know, did you know that? Like it can actually come out. Yeah. I've seen out. That it's pretty crazy. Video. Yeah. What, you guys have seen that on YouTube? There's a dude that's doing like a squat. Oh, no. You know what I'm talking about. Shut up. I do know, I know what a prolapsed anus is, but I've never seen way too I've never much. looked for Wait. it on YouTube. I'm He's like it. going down and then and like like when he pushes to go back up, uh the weight doesn't go up, the rectum comes out. Did I say so is falls. that what that's really cool. happened? Yeah, that's what happened. So rectal prolapse is when it the rectum which is the last part of the large intestine, falls out of its normal position and sticks out the anus. So it almost yeah. looks like a hot dog bun coming out. <laughs> That's <laughs> if an you image wanna, you just can't if get. You, 
<laughs> visualize it. That's what I imagine it kind of looks like. Up until now, kind of like we talked a little bit about earlier, you actually have some control over your rectum, the anal sphincter. What What is incontinence? So incontinence is when you don't have control over, so leakage, right? Basically is what that is. And most of the time it's referring to urinary incontinence, right? But you can have a bowel incontinence that is bad. So usually that is indicative of nerve damage, right? So cauda equina syndrome is when, um, so the base of your spinal cord fans out, looks like a horse's tail. And so sometimes after a traumatic car accident or fall or any kind of trauma, you can, those nerves can be compressed in the way we always ask somebody if they come in with back pain or something like, or if they're complaining about bowel incontinence, you have to be um, concerned about that. Like there's some nerve damage going on in there. So it's not as common as urinary incontinence, but if you hold it too long, your body's going to push it out. And so has, it's happened to all of us, right? You've I know exactly. Pants. I know exactly. I know exactly. When is the last happened. time that happened to you? When is the worst time it's ever happened? I was having a rough week last week. Um, (laughs) Was that really? Joking, Uh. joking. No, uh, I was at my house, my house that I grew up in, and we were on the front porch. It was, I believe it was Halloween. And I never did like the Halloween costume thing. I was like, I told my mom, like, I want the green sweatshirt, green sweatpants. And then I painted my face green and I was Jolly Green Giant. So I remember I was standing there and we were about to go out and I just remember I pooped my pants and I was like, I think I was just done for the night. I was just like, I'm, this is just not going to be a good night. So yeah, so I, I was, I don't know. I, I was in, it was before fifth grade. So I don't oh, know. that's pretty good. I was in college. I was running a race here in Austin. And, you know, running exercise can stimulate the digestion. And I was, I'll never forget it. It was the half marathon and we were over in Northwest Hills. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it to a porta potty. The closest thing I saw was a Mangio pizza. Remember that place? Manjo pizza. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. that? I know exactly I where like, you're made at. A, ran in there, made a beeline to the bathroom, threw away my underwear and went back and finished the race. Yes. <laughs> Bobby, what about you? Uh, God. So you're sitting there talking about that and y'all remember like very specific moments. I'm not sitting here thinking about a specific moment, but every time that if that was a, like a, a thing, it was totally a shart issue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's the, I thought it was one thing ends up being another, <laughs> which I feel like is a whole other, we could, we could probably dive into that, but yeah, <laughs> where, where, what you saw is not what you got, or what you felt is not what you got. Have you uh, ever had that that moment where you're on the toilet and you wipe, and you think you're gonna there's gonna be stuff and there's literally nothing and you're like, how did that happen? Yeah, super clean. Yeah. Yeah, those are the best. Those are the best. Because you have to keep wiping. It's like, yeah, I know. Like the five wipes, you're like, this is. But also, I feel like. Just got to get in the shower at that point. That's. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, you should do that anyway. Just put in the shower. That's what Bobby does. He gets his coffee every time. He poops and then he's like, morning shower time. Yeah, that's that's a smart move. So do you clean all day, y'all? You save a whole lot on toilet paper then. 
You must. I, I freaking wipe before I get in the shower. I don't like <laughs> not wipe because I'm about to get in the shower. That's disgusting. And we're going to have an episode where you're, you're just going to look at me in a completely different way, though, because <laughs> we're going to talk about some other stuff. And you're going to be like, I don't know if I want to be friends with this guy anymore. <laughs> if you're talking about not, I mean, I've plenty of times I've stood up, felt a little squeaky back there and hopped in the shower. Yeah. Jordan. We've all been there. You know? <laughs> Have we? I don't think we have. I, I'm. <laughs> I mean, hey, depends. How that's much a good. That's a good reference. Yeah. Depends. Um, <laughs> if, only, if only we had a sponsor. <laughs> so Bridget, give us a good summary of the lower uh, GI tract. Uh, so from the beginning of the small intestines to the exodus, the mass exodus uh, from the uh, from the rectum. So lower GI tract, your is where the most of the nutrient digestion is occurring, right? So we're digesting proteins, fats, and carbs. The small intestine is made up of three parts: the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ileum, and each has their own own function. But by the time that the chyme gets through the end of um, the ileum, it gets to the ileocecal valve, the, the vast majority of the nutrient uh, breakdown has, has occurred. And so then you hit the large intestine. So the cecum, that's the receiving pouch for the waste product, right? And from there, it moves into the colon. And the colon's the part of the body where it's actually smaller in size and length than the small intestine, but actually wider and it's the ascending transverse descending and sigmoid colon and all through that colon as the stool and waste moves through that that's where your body is reabsorbing water and electrolytes and so when it gets to the end of that when you get to the rectum then you have the fecal matter so our food has gone through the upper gi tract the rectum is the very end of the lower gi tract and from there it goes through the internal anal sphincter and then the external anal sphincter. Fun fact, my mom used to call it bowel movement when we were kids. She would never say number one, number two, or do you need to go poop? It was always, do you need to have a bowel movement? And my sisters and I thought that was so ridiculous. And what word growing up did your did your parents use for poop? Bridget's would have been bowel movement. Bobby, yes. did your parents have a word for poop? See, I, I don't remember that. But I do specifically remember my my mom saying I can't I can't say the word fart. I had to say passing gas, and I was like, Mom, <laughs> no one says passing gas. They won't even know what I'm talking about. I was very upset about this as like third grader Bobby Malone. But the thing is, is that you either fart or you pass gas. Like there's that's two different ways to to release. Because like fart is like like Aggressive. that's a fart. Yeah. But like passing like intentional. Gas is like, well, that could be, but don't push too hard. No, I mean, like it's intentional. Like you, yeah. when you fart, you're intending to get it out. Passing yeah. gas is more passive. Is that what you mean? A long, drawn out, lots of air coming out, like crop dusting type situation. It's what you're hoping to do when you accidentally fart and then people know. I will tell you this. My parents never use the term bowel movement. And so the first time that somebody used that like against me because of my name, I had no idea what they were talking about. Oh yeah. My mom used to abbreviate it all the time. Like, do you need to go BM? And like, I can't hear that without having, uh, <laughs> I get the, it just creeps me out. 
Well, my my sister, I think she used to say, uh, so she had one for number one, and then she had Shawa was number two. <laughs> that sounds Although so fancy. It is. It's French. Ah. It's not, but um, it, it sounds like it. Oh my gosh! Well, Bridget, <laughs> it was it was a ton of fun to have you on, and uh, I know that we covered a ton of information. My Your pleasure. fun fact. I'm just very grateful for your for for you taking us on this journey um that uh, that food makes we learned a lot from me bridget thank you very much you're welcome hopefully now everybody has a better idea of what happens in your digestive process i had a really good time this was fun thank you for listening to this episode of the poopless podcast want to hear more from bobby and myself you can currently find us on apple podcasts or check out the podbean app on Instagram at poop.plus.podcast or email us at poop.plus.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, poop jokes, poop puns, or just to say hi. We hope you will tune into the next episode where we will be discussing canis lupus familiaris excreta. Thank you again, and we will catch you on the other side of the flush.